0: Welcome to Top to Bottom, where we cover everything from growing up brown and being a mother to foodie culture and the gay agenda. I'm Maya Jeffers. And I'm Brenda Morgan. So there is a brew fest that comes to Spokane once a year. I mean, there's multiple, but there's this one that comes to the Spokane Fairgrounds. And I can't remember how many um, brewers they have. It's a shit ton. It fills up like the baseball stadium here. Have you been to the Spokane Fairgrounds?
1: I want to say I have. And I'm sure Kaylee will tell me, babe, we've been there like four times. But, you know, I don't necessarily remember.
0: Yeah. So like they have like the Indian stadium where like they do like the baseball games and then outside of it is where they do like the Spokane Fair. So they put up all of the booths for the brewers where the baseball field is. Um. Anyways, two years ago is the first day that Jess and I ever went and hung out and it was like completely benign, we went to go and have brunch together. And then she invited me to go to this um, brew festival with her and a bunch of her friends who happened to be my mutual friends. If you, you know, um, I think we talked about them before. And so I was like, oh yeah, cool, that will be fun. It's not weird. Cause I know the other people you are going with. And I did not leave her house that night. Um, So last year we went again. It's kind of like a, well, we did it last year. Let's continue to do this annually. And so last year we recreated the first year. So like we went to brunch um, and then, you know, created, just recreated that last year. So it's coming again, the 21st of September. And I'm super excited. I'm not sure if this episode is going to play before or after the 21st, um, but we're going again, and I'm so fucking soaked to recreate it a third time around. Um, and I know you're gonna have the kids. So I'm super bummed you're not gonna be here.
1: I know. I wish it was a kid friendly brew fest, not that any of those exist, but uh, I, I really like that you're recreating it um, for a third year. That's kind of what Kaylee and I did this year. Well, we tried to anyway for Dave. Obviously, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe I can propose every year at Dave. We can just recreate this year every year. Well, I mean, why not?
0: I I get drunk and propose to Jessica and I know she's going to say no every single time. Um so, at least you she's already said yes, so you know how that's going to go. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um but it is kid friendly on Saturday. I know that'd be a hell of a drive, you know, just to come and drink a couple beers and make sure you don't get too drunk cuz you have kids, but it is kid friendly on Saturday. Hmm. Well,
1: we might have to think about that for another year. So is there, uh, is it just straight beer or is there food? What's going on with that? Yeah, I
0: think there's some food trucks. um, Mostly beer. I think there might be like one booth with cider. They have live music. I don't think, honestly, I've ever eaten there, which is pretty mind-blowing because all I do is know how to shove food into the opening in my face. Um,
1: (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. But I
0: think what it is is like, we go and we like gorge ourselves with um really greasy delicious breakfast food and then we go and fill ourselves up on beer. So I don't think I've ever like thought about stopping at a food truck.
1: Hmm, something to think about maybe. Maybe maybe uh you'll pay attention to what food options there are this time.
0: Well, I'm going to have to, and hopefully something good. And right now I'm kind of on this um like I'm gonna I have to lose weight. So next spring we want to get to Maui. Um, so I need to start focusing on getting this body tight, beach ready. You know what I'm saying? But uh, there's a caveat. I have to cut out all the food that I love and all the beer that I love. So I'm just going to drink and eat everything through the rest of September. <laughs> I might gain a few pounds, but then I'll go ahead and like start like this Maya 2.0 body, you know?
1: I like it. I like it. It's it's like uh, carb loading before a big day. <laughs>
0: Brenda, that's why that's why you're my, like, soul sister, you know.
1: <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm going to eat all the pasta so that I can be skinny later. <laughs> right now is not the time.
0: Well, this is a good segue into um, episode numero three. We're talking about food today. What it's like to be a foodie when you're not a foodie. Pasta, for example. I'm going to eat all the pasta. Listen,
1: pasta and I go way back. And I feel like this episode should just be the sound of me chewing on said pasta. <laughs> I'm not sure we'd get very many listeners though. Um, what is
0: that called when people watch videos or listen to videos of people eating or like paper, tear, uh, paper tearing? Annoying? I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it's something. It's something that like people, oh, I don't know. Someone go message me, Instagram me. I don't know what it's called. It's something where you can like watch videos or listen to people like eating a pickle, for example, and it like does something for them.
1: Oh my fuck. No. Here's the thing if I can hear you chewing, I'm going to leave. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, people I cannot
1: stand it. the sound of chewing. No, those are not my people. I was going to say, speaking of things you don't like, are you a picky eater or will you pretty much try
0: anything? There is literally nothing that I don't eat and that is not an exaggeration. That is a hard fucking fact.
1: Not just your regular kind of fact, but the hard fucking kind.
0: Like, okay, there's a difference here. I will try anything twice um, because you never know if the first time was a fluke or, you know, I don't know. I'll try anything twice. I will say, though, even though I will eat literally anything, like, you can probably name something and I will eat it or at least try it. Unless, okay, when we were in Portugal last May, they gave us this beautiful, like, cheese and meat platter. They gave us this really nice bottle of wine. And when we opened up, you know the beauty and the beast where the, there's the rose in the middle of the glass thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there was one of those glass domes that you raised off of this beautiful platter. And mind you, <clears throat> we were in Portugal. We were in a junior suite at the Ritz-Carlton. Um, it was beautiful. <laughs> so we lift up this glass dome, and Jess and I you literally start to gag because there is a stinky cheese in this platter. Oh, uh- wow. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the name of it was. And I like cheese and I like stinky cheese, but this we literally had to go and set out on our patio.
1: Oh, that, that was, that wasn't just stinky cheese. That cheese was
0: stank. Yeah. We put it out on the balcony. And so when I say I will eat anything, I will, I'll eat cheese. I'll eat uh, A, B, and C, unless it's something like that. Like if it's so pungent that I can't even like, I have to remove from the room it ain't going in my mouth, bro. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I don't blame you. Um, I think a lot of different cheeses also smell like a lot of feet. I'm, You know, I don't particularly have stinky feet. Every so often it'll happen. But my kids <laughs> could kill an army of thespians. I don't know why thespians. Those are kind of the nerdier <laughs> warriors. But um they uh, it's horrible. The worst smell ever. And I could be in the best mood, super hungry. I smell those feet and I, I want them to sleep outside.
0: Um, well, that's the kind of cheese that they tried to serve us at this beautiful, you know, five star hotel in Lisbon, Portugal. And Jess and I said, we'd rather jump off this balcony.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did it though. Thank
0: you. And for the people who are like, well, you said you try anything twice. I did try it. I did. I was like, maybe it tastes better than it smells. And I know I just said, like, I'm not going to put it in my mouth, but I thought maybe it's one of those like rich people things. And I did just try a little tiny bit and it tasted like it smells, you know, sometimes you smell something you're like, no, it tastes better. Like sauerkraut, for example, I think that sauerkraut smells horrible, but I actually like the way it tastes.
1: See, I don't like how it smells, how it tastes, how it looks at me. <laughs> I just, it bleh, sauerkraut is not good in any way, shape, or form, except to throw it in the garbage.
0: Okay, so I'm taking it that you are the picky of the eaters.
1: You know, I'm probably pickier than you, but I also have a try it once rule. I if, I mean, if I didn't like it the first time, nine times out of ten, I'm not going to like it the second time. mm and so I I will try something, especially if it's homemade. If somebody took the time to home make a meal that has certain things in it that maybe I am not familiar with or haven't tried before, it no matter how they cook it, I will at least try it out of respect for the hard work. That's and nice. I, but if I don't like it, I won't eat it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Is there anything that you don't eat that... The majority of people do
1: sauerkraut
0: um, okay I think that one's kind of I'm gonna say 50 50 okay
1: <laughs> I would say let's see the majority okay so my love for bacon comes in waves what yeah so there are some times that I can eat bacon like a true American woman um I don't know if it has anything to do with being American <laughs> but There are other times that I don't want to look at bacon. I don't want to smell the bacon. I just don't want bacon. It sounds horrible to me. I won't eat it.
0: Interesting. I have a friend um, that hates bacon. Like, does not a wave kind of thing. Like, literally just will gag at the sight or smell of it. Won't eat it at all.
1: See, now, I can have bacon. It's just... Like I said in the last episode, there's a time and a place, and sometimes there is no time and no place for
0: goddamn Okay, so how about something that you really won't eat? Like, Jess, for example, will not eat a raw tomato. She'll eat salsa or something like that, but she will not eat, like, a tomato on a burger. Is there anything like that?
1: Um, I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, if we're talking about burgers, they have quite a selection of things that are on them, so... I it, My normal order, there's a local place here called Casey's Burgers, which is bomb fucking diggity. It is the best burger in town, hands down, all the time, every day. I don't ask for bacon on my burger. I don't ask for onions. It's literally a cheeseburger with lettuce, tomatoes, and barbecue sauce. Okay. And they're pickles. Ooh,
0: pickles are one of my um, favorite food groups.
1: Oh, my God. Pickled? Just about anything. I will probably put it in my mouth.
0: <laughs> you should see my, my Pinterest board. My I have, a, I have all my food in sections, and I have a pickled category in my food.
1: Good Lord.
0: Is it weird that I just got wet? So,
1: well, uh, okay. Uh, and that concludes this episode. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I like certain pickled things, pickled onions, pickled cucumbers, pickled onions, pickled, pretty much just pickled onions and pickles. That's, that's, that's about it.
0: Have you had kimchi?
1: I have. I just, I really have to be in the mood for it. Not, it's not like, I've seen people like down that shit. Um, oh, (laughs) that was you. (laughs) And... I just, I just can't eat it that way. I just don't know. Yeah,
0: I think it has to be made well. I mean, but that's, I mean, as for anything, I mean, you can make me a cheeseburger, which. I mean, it's a pretty simple thing to do and it could be gross. So I guess, I mean, it's just the way kimchi is made, but I'll eat it. Absolutely.
1: You know who is a super picky eater and not me? My children. Oof. They are the chicken nugget mac and cheese presidents of the United States.
0: Okay. So that makes me feel better as a mom because I have watched you with your kids, you know, the weekends we've spent together and they eat so well for you. And I was like, God damn it, Oliver, right? (laughs) And Oliver, like, I'm like, "I, I failed Oliver. But he'll eat a huge array of food. I'm talking like he'll have we'll go to sushi and he'll eat, or he'll eat split piece soup and he likes halibut or any kind of whitefish, but getting him to eat sometimes is difficult. So that makes me feel better that, cause I felt like Brenda is this, she's an all-star mom. Not that you're not, but do you tell me that your kids are picky? Makes me feel like I'm not failing. Oh,
1: they're, my kids wouldn't try a lot of things. I bet Oliver has eaten a bigger selection of food than my children combined and I have three of them. So that's a lot of food.
0: Okay. That's, that's true. But I am, um, I mean, I do all of us there, we do go through times though, where he will only eat chicken nuggets or he just wants to go through some fast food restaurant and get a cheeseburger or like you said, macaroni and cheese. Um, do you think that that's like, what do you think about that? Do you think that we should be pushing them outside of a box? Do you think that it's okay to feed them chicken nuggets four nights in a row?
1: See, now I think it's all dependent on what's going on in your life. If you are at a point where you're so busy, guess what? You fed your kids. That's it. Period. Who cares what it is? Amen. After a while. I mean, yeah, you should probably incorporate some sort of a vegetable and a protein. My kids are always like, Mom, we learned about health and how we should have a protein and a vegetable. And we had cereal 17 (laughs) nights in a row. Listen, (laughs) you can't make Fruit Loops without a vegetable. Okay, that was a lie. But listen, I am trying really hard to believe in it. It sounded so good. I just, I just, some nights you just can't do it. And if they want to have Fruit Loops for dinner, guess what? Go for it. You got fed. I, I see it more as I am lucky enough to be able to go buy groceries for the kids and feed them every night. I've never had to worry about where their next meal is coming from. So if it is the same thing for the last four days, who cares?
0: Okay. I like that. And I like that you said that. I mean, like, we are very privileged to even be able to put food on the table on the table for the kids. Um, and, like, okay, for tonight, for example, I made, I was I don't know, I was just craving some potatoes. I wanted potatoes, onions, um, some peppers, some garlic. And I just wanted to, like, make a big one-pot kind of dish out of this. And I knew Oliver might have tried it, but I knew I wasn't going to feed him. And last night he asked me for chicken strips for dinner. So I gave him, I went to the deli when I went shopping for my groceries and I bought him like a few pieces of chicken strips. And I knew that I had some kind of veggie or fruit at home just to like, to make me feel like I was doing my part as a mom. Right. (laughs) I was like, I know that I have some kind of fruit or something in the house and I gave him a glass of milk. And so Jess and I ate what I cooked and oliver ate something else and i think that that happens on more nights than it doesn't yeah but i also especially after a long fucking day i'm not ready to fight with my kid about what's going to go what he's going to eat like if he's going to eat and go to bed and like sleep because he has a full stomach i'd rather just give him what the fuck he wants in that moment than try to make him um eat you know this pot of andouille sausage and potatoes i just made
1: I completely agree. I think that honestly, it is difficult when you've worked a full day, you come home and then you essentially have to clock in as the worst server on earth because you're doing one thing and they want to eat another. And my biggest pet peeve is I tell my kids, this isn't a restaurant. What I make you eat, period. If you don't motherfucking dog, if anybody can hear that, that would be my dog who thinks he needs to be part of this podcast. (laughs) But my biggest pet peeve is when I'm cooking like a restaurant, one meal for this kid, another meal for this kid. And I don't like sauce on my noodles and I don't like butter. I don't like noodles. I want just the butter. I just I can't I I get so sick and tired of making all these extra goddamn meals.
0: Yeah, I can see that, and you got three of them. I only have one to one to worry about. I mean, technically two. Sometimes I can lump Jessica in there with the um, selective eating. It's <laughs> not it's not all the time, but yeah. I mean, you got three kids to feed, so I can understand how one one doesn't want the marinara sauce. One just wants but, uh, butter on the noodles. One doesn't want anything on the noodles. I yeah. Mean,
1: and then, of course, there's always the oldest one that's like, well, mom, I saw pizza in there from a while ago. You know what? If you want to eat the pizza with the uh, moldy fluff on the top, you warm <laughs> that shit up and <laughs> shove it in your mouth.
0: Just heat it up. It'll kill the bacteria in the mold.
1: Oh, we had a whole discussion about how long you should he- heat shrimp up if- until it- you don't get sick. What? And I'm thinking, what the hell kind of history lesson is this?
0: What What do you mean? Like like shrimp that's already been cooked? or
1: No, like, so Jaden asked me, mom... Uh, okay, so I made them a big ass pot of shrimp and they ate all of it. And as they're eating it, Jaden goes, uh, Mind you, Jaden has a weird timing with certain topics at dinner time. And he said, As you know, we're halfway into the shrimp, Mom, did you cook this all the way through? And I said, Yeah, why? And he goes, Can't you get really, really sick off of? uncooked fish. And I literally, I mean, I already know that I've cooked these, these things were practically chicken because I cooked them too much. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact, there is zero chance of food poisoning and yet I stopped chewing. My two other children stopped chewing. And we all looked at Jaden in this sheer panic of, oh, my God, we've got E. coli. Like, I just... What
0: oh, fuck? my God.
1: And he always does this at the worst times.
0: Oh, I, I kind of have a two-part story here with this. So I'm one of those people who... I've always been, my grandma like pounded this into my head. If it's been out for longer than two hours, throw it out. Right. If there's milk in the fridge and it still looks like or it's still not expired, but it doesn't quite smell right, throw it out. Like it doesn't matter like what you say or um, I don't know. I'm always just one of those people like when in doubt, throw it out absolutely so there's like that part so I'm right there with Jaden second part Jess and I got E. coli once oh god do you remember when that romaine E. coli thing happened yes oh yeah Yeah, Jess and I shared a salad from a local restaurant here in Spokane and literally shit our brains out
1: oh no that's that's horrible
0: (laughs) we were together not that long honestly like I think I still had my own apartment and We did some pretty heavy drinking the night before. And so she's like, ah, my ear just hung over, like get over it. And I'm like, no, I really don't feel good. So she went to the store and she got me everything that I needed. She um, rubbed some essential oils on my stomach and she's like, maybe you are sick. And so I'm like, I got out of the bathroom and I stand up. I go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, I got a fart. Nope, shit my Adidas.
1: Oh my, <laughs> hashtag shit my
0: Adidas. I love it. <laughs> and we weren't together that long. And I'm like, oh no. And so, you know, she's like, oh. And I'm like, babe, we ate a salad. It's a romaine, yada, yada, yada. So we like did all this Google research, convinced that we were dying, about to lose our intestines. And she's feeling fine, a little hungover, but she's fine. And so we go to bed, we wake up the next morning and she is not okay. And I'm like almost I'm about 75% better. So I'm like, I can go into work. She stays home. (laughs) She texts me half like midday and she let me know that she was sleeping and thought she had to let out a fart. Guess who shat her Adidas? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: The Adidas were shat that day.
0: (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm like, this means we're gonna be together forever, right? We just shit in front of each other. So here we are.
1: I mean, at least you and your ass both agree on the same thing you know when in doubt <laughs> throw it yeah.
0: out so but um remember that one time I made you guys um some ceviche and I severely fucked it up I still loved
1: it so I mean I remember how frustrated you were about it but Jesus I was so excited to eat that I devoured it. I was
0: so excited to feed you guys this is the second time I've done it you know and if you guys live here in Spokane or even if you don't you might know um chef Chad White um and he owns a few restaurants here in Spokane. And he's phenomenal, his food's phenomenal His restaurants are all phenomenal And so that's where I learned how to make ceviche And what ceviche was <laughs> So I'll have you Brenda over And I'm like, ah, second time Ram Let's make bomb ass ceviche for my Latina sister And I literally made chicken breast Because I overcooked the shrimp Well listen, okay So if anybody doesn't know Ceviche is cooked with acid and not heat Because the acidity denatures the fish without cooking it That's why ceviche is safe to eat um, and so I put it all in this li- this lime juice but I put too much shrimp into the lime juice when that happens there's it, like the protein breaks down the acid I'm not exactly sure how that happens but too much shrimp not enough lime juice and so you know we had this great idea I'm going to take the shrimp I'm going to put it into an instant pot for about a, just a minute here just to cook the insides because the insides weren't cooking anymore I made myself some fucking chicken breasts you
1: know what it was the best chicken breast ceviche I ever. Have- Ever had in my life, though it tasted so good. And obviously, ceviche and poke are the same. Um,
0: if I ever hear that come out of your fucking mouth one more time, I swear to god, I will
1: listen. I might I might have done that on purpose. Uh, If anybody
0: follows my personal page on Facebook, you've seen my little this is actually before I get to this, is how I came up with the idea that I even wanted to start a podcast in general, like you know, I have been posting these things on Facebook about the difference between food A and food B, and people were commenting, and I'm like, oh, this is getting some traction, maybe I'll start a vlog, maybe I'll start a blog, maybe I'll start a podcast. And that's really how Brenda and I, like, came together with this great this great thing, because um, I didn't think I could do it on my own, and then I met Brenda, and the rest is history. Anyway, <laughs> here we are being very <laughs> super famous. My first my first post on Facebook about the food was ceviche is not poke and then I went on to say like if you think it is you're an idiot
1: which I mean that that seems pretty logical to put that out there to all your friends
0: and family. <laughs> and of course I wasn't thinking about the people who aren't listed. okay I know foodie is kind of like eh. some people call yourself foodies you're not a foodie some people don't even like the term I think that I am a foodie through and through whatever that means maybe I need to come up with a new term ceviche is cooked with acid okay it's cooking without cooking it with heat right poke is very similar but the acid isn't required so if you go to a sushi restaurant and you order poke it's not cooked in acid you are eating raw fish and it's typically served you know i mean i guess they can both be served in the same way you can serve them both with cucumbers or with uh, i don't know it's an assorted variety of vegetables i don't know but there's different because one is cooked with acid and one is not i get the confusion and i'm here to clear it up for you because if i ever hear you refer to them as the same thing again i will cut you off (laughs)
1: Oh, well, good to know. So does this mean we're not recording next week? Yeah, that's it. What's going on with that? (laughs) Um, So same thing. So as you were talking about how different things are cooked and how that changes what they're called, my kids have come up with the most interesting names for some of the dishes that I've cooked. And I... I remember growing up thinking like, oh, let's go and have Larry's dinner. And everyone's looking at me like, who the fuck is Larry? Well, he's our neighbor and he always makes the same damn thing. And Larry's dinner is just lasagna, guys. And it is the best lasagna I've ever tasted, ever, ever, ever. But when I go to someone else's house or if I'm cooking and they say, well, what's for dinner? It's lasagna. But when I go back home and I know that Larry might be having a potluck, then I'm going to go have Larry's dinner. And I legit will have just regular lasagna and bread. But it's so crazy to me how you associate certain terms or what what am I thinking of? Nicknames for food. My kids... My, I'm trying to remember one of. Of course, when I try to think of it, um, you know, they're not gonna, it's not gonna come to me. For oh, for example, we have a local restaurant here called Bravas, and my kids absolutely love the noodles there. It's just it's their version of mac and cheese, but it's actually made with penne noodles and a homemade white sauce, and it is fucking delicious. And my kids love it. You know, not, I can't always afford to take them out and feed them at a restaurant. So when, when I have the opportunity to attempt to replicate something at home, I, I do so. So one night I thought, you know what, I'm going to make the Brava's mac and cheese. So I, I'm making it and the kids are super excited about it. They love it. And now that's just Brava's noodles. So when I say, hey, what do you guys want for dinner? Brava's noodles. I know that it's very literally noodles with Alfredo sauce, but it's not store-bought Alfredo. I have to make the goddamn Alfredo. Thank you, Megan, for making my children love homemade <laughs> shit that now I can't just pour out of a fucking jar. And I'm going to step off the soapbox, and
0: oh, Yeah, I am. I mean, that's also, that's, that is also very different than just calling something the wrong thing. I think that that happens a lot. I can't think of anything in particular, but I'm sure even we do it. That's, di- that's, that's also different. And they are also children... I mean, there's like, a, speaking of soapbox is when I can get on and like not get off about just the wrong calling things the wrong thing. I mean, I, ceviche and poke, they're so similar. I get it. Especially if someone that's not very, um, diverse in foods, like if you, especially if you're a picky eater, you're obviously not going to know the difference. If you don't like fish, you're not going to know the difference. Um, I was a barista for years and now I'm just like an avid coffee drinker and I'm very picky. I am a coffee snob. Um. And so, like, if I order a cappuccino, I want you to know the difference between a cappuccino and a latte. Like, if I ask you to make me a latte, I don't want an Americano. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a very distinct difference. And I will fuck you up if you make it the wrong way. Oh yeah. There's a coffee stand in my work. And I'm very specific with them because they've messed my drinks up so many times. There, I actually went on strike for a while because I'd order an Americano and I'd say, can I get a splash of cream? And I used to start. I was like, I need, I want less than an ounce of cream in my coffee. You know, I had to start getting that specific because they would fill, they'd probably put about four ounces of cream in my Americano. And at that point, you're just, you're about, you're giving me a latte. You're giving me a Breve latte. I just want to splash. I want espresso. I want ice. You can put a little bit of water in there. And if I ask for cream, then give me a little bit of cream. Don't fill my cup halfway up to give me the difference. I'd rather just have a half cup of ice and espresso rather than give me, me the rest of the milk. If I'm asking for Americano, you know,
1: absolutely. And especially when you know what you like to drink, it's very difficult when I mean, with coffee, it's pretty much standard across the board. This is how you make your basic drinks. If you don't know how to do that, don't make my fucking drink. Yeah,
0: for sure. I saw on Instagram today, uh, being cl- being kissed, well, being clit is not the word I meant to say. <laughs> <Being> ki- <laughs> All right, Jess, you can leave now. <laughs> being- <laughs> All right, here I go. <clears throat> being kissed in your sleep is like the purest form of love. And then the person comments, unless you're home alone.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, my. Oh, I just got chills. That's so oh, ridiculous.
0: God. The delivery.
1: <laughs> Drake, guess who sleeps alone tonight? I do, because Kaylee's out of town. Fuck. So, she's in Moses Lake. She had a very important work function, um, also known as a Ooh, golf tournament. Yeah. Today.
0: Oh, yeah. I heard her say um, she needed her golf clubs yesterday. Yeah.
1: She uh, started her day out with a clam digger, uh. so...
0: Here I am. Clam digger. I just started.
1: Okay, let me, let me tell you, let me tell you a thing. We were talking about calling things by the wrong name. And I was just thinking, I was telling my kids, we went to one of Kaylee's co-workers weddings, one of her weddings, as if she had many, just the only one, really. She had a waffle bar, which was fucking phenomenal. And one of the toppings was Nutella. I'm standing in line and I am ready to just dip my whole hand in that bowl and just, just like Winnie the Pooh in a fucking honey jar. I was so excited. And the lady behind me goes, Oh, I love Nutella. And I looked at her and I said, what, what'd you call it? And she goes, uh, isn't that Nutella? And I said, yeah. Uh, <laughs> derived from the hazelnut. Like, no, it's Nutella. Hazelnut. I mean, come on guys. Let's, I, I feel like I need to put a poll up on our Facebook page of who calls it Nutella derived from the hazel newt and who calls it Nutella from the
0: hazel nut. Put it up. Put it up. We have to do a survey now because I think that I say, okay, this is going to be weird. I'm going to throw a little wrench into your, sur- your survey here. So there's Nutella, right? How she said it. Nutella, Nutella, right? Like you say it. And I don't even say it that way. If someone's like, oh, do you want something? Oh my God. I love Nutella. <coughs> Did you hear the difference? No. Nutella? Nut like like, like nut uh, from the hazelnut. Not from the hazelnut. Like Nutella. Oh my god. Yeah. See. but I at just... least it's closer to nut than to newt.
1: <laughs> I bet a lot of things <laughs> are closer to nut than
0: <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, I just um go ahead. What about what about okay. How do you you know that pepper that's green? Not a poblano, it's spicy. What do you call it? Serrano. Nope, it starts with a J.
1: Uh
0: jalepeno. Jalapeno, right? You gotta you, you do that like an N thing, right? Then yeah. Like it's an NY almost.
1: I, I was gonna actually give you the name of what it is and I don't know. <laughs> No,
0: oh. I was like, oh, she's got to fool me.
1: I'll just stamp my Mexican card here. I can't even say Mexican.
0: <laughs> <laughs> jalapeno is one of those things. That I don't even. Say, I mean, I don't say it with any kind of accent to say jalapeno is one of those that instantly makes me cringe when someone says jalapeno.
1: Okay, yeah, that's a hard no for me.
0: And it's one of those things that instantly like. I'd be walking down the street and someone goes, "Oh, they accidentally put jalapenos in here!" and I will turn around and knock the burrito out of their hand.
1: <laughs> you don't get a burrito anymore, you motherfucker.
0: <laughs> you don't. You don't get. You don't get a jalapeno and a tortilla back up.
1: <laughs> oh fuck. I've heard people call it a jalapeno, and there are times where I think it's funny and, you know, move on. There are other times where it really takes me a hot minute to realize what word they actually said.
0: Yeah, because it's supposed to be a joke. Like, when if I said tortilla and quesadilla, like, it's a joke. But if someone really thinks it's a jalapeno, they, child, they need to go, I don't know. You know. help.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, you just went from full-grown adult
0: to child. Child. Um. So I, again, I'm getting really good at this um, researching thing. Um, Do you often hear the term foodie? Do you hear that a lot or do you not ever hear it?
1: I do hear it a lot only because I feel like I have a lot of friends who are chefs. Okay. And by a lot, just Megan really is the only friend that I have that's a chef. (laughs) Um, And if some of my other friends are chefs, I'm sorry, I don't remember you.
0: Oof. That sucks. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> or you're a horrible chef. I don't know. Shit. That could be it. I like to call myself a home chef. I don't know if I'm Master Chef quality. I thought I was American Idol quality that make it past round two, so I probably wouldn't even get cast on Master Chef. But I think that I do a great job.
1: I think you make some exceptional food.
0: Thank you so much. And I'm very, very passionate about it. I think that's the difference between like someone who really believes in themselves as being a foodie um, and someone who I wouldn't put in the foodie category. Not that you can, I think that you can be a foodie and not be a good cook. But I think that when you're eating food to put yourself in that category, you have to have this like visceral um, experience with food. I think that in order to tell me that you're a foodie, tell me that one time you cried when you ate something, right? Or some, that time you cried or felt like you wanted to cry when you had some kind of food experience. Um, that, to me, will put you in another category of, like, life.
1: So, I mean, define cried. <laughs> I mean, I've sat in a bathtub <laughs> with a bag of fucking
0: cheddar ruffles and bawled my eyes out, so does that mean i qualify? <laughs> Um, that, no, 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 that I would have, I would have held you and like, like I would have been cooked you something and made you feel better. Um, okay. Let me give you a really good example. Um, I feel like I've told this story so many times, especially like to like, Jessica's going to be so sick of this story, especially when she hears this podcast. So if you guys have seen the show on Netflix, it's called salt, fat, acid, heat. I can't even begin to tell you how that show like how I connected with that t v show and it's like it's four episodes come on it's salt fat acid heat she her name is Samine Nostrat she was actually she is a chef but she didn't have the training. She is actually an author for like a column, the food column in the New York times before that she went to college. Right. And obviously I'm like paraphrasing her life here, um, shortening it down, but she went to Berkeley before that she grew up in a um, traditional Indian home. And I have this Indian Samin, if you're listening or if anybody, and I'm wrong about that, please correct me. I feel like such an asshole. Anyway, she grew up eating a very limited style of food. And so she moved to California and she went to this restaurant that she saved up all of this money for to eat at. And she ate this food that changed her life. She didn't know that food could be could be at that, you know, level. And it changed her life anyways. She had a busing tables there, became a chef on her own accord. So fast forward all these years later, she has a TV show and she has a book. I got the book for Christmas. Now, if you want to know what I'm talking about, when I'm saying crying when it comes to food. She, an episode, um, about fat, she travels to Tuscany and she is making focaccia with this man there who is like, I don't know. I don't know. In my eyes, he's probably makes the only focaccia that ever should exist. And so she's learning how to make this focaccia bread. It comes out of the oven. And they're cooking it, you know, with the best ingredients in Tuscany, fresh olive oil. And if I could have fresh olive oil, I would probably not just cry, but I could, I would probably die. Like that's it, just that's it. I'm out of here. So it comes out of the oven, and he rips off a piece, and she puts it in her mouth. And I'm sitting on my couch here in Spokane, Washington, (laughs) and I'm not, (laughs) I'm not high, I'm not drunk, I'm just sitting there, and I start fucking crying, watching her eat this focaccia <laughs> bread.
1: Listen, I do have taken warm bread and cried while it's being <laughs> stuffed in my mouth.
0: I can't, I wasn't even eating the bread. And I, like, I knew in that moment that I was not supposed to become a chef. I am supposed to be, I'm just supposed to, like, eat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is the alternative to going to culinary school. There's actually another school that um, is called... Oh, I, it's not a school. It's just my kitchen. Come eat.
0: <laughs> I will. I will. I just... I wish that food could connect to, to everybody in that way. Um, like, it's, like, it hurts my feelings on a personal, very personal level when people don't like food <laughs> or like to eat. But is it... <laughs> Everyone eats,
1: Maya, but listen, is it that you feel like you feel offended when they don't want to eat the food you've prepared or just food and like they just don't enjoy food the way you do?
0: Just food in general. Like it just, it really breaks my heart because like I said, I mean, you just listened, you just heard me tell you I cried watching a Netflix show (laughs) like about food. Um, I don't know. It like I tell people this is this is how I express it to people um because a lot of people know that I cook and I'm like yeah I like to cook I especially like to entertain I said but I love food more than I love my girlfriend and my son is that what, how I like talk about food to people I'm like I could live without them I can't live without food
1: <laughs> I mean I feel like a lot of people couldn't live without food it's I think it's been proven that the less you eat the more you die But listen, (laughs) statistics. I think there's also uh, facts. I think there's also a uh, downside to that because you can get emotionally attached to food or make the food be your solution. And that's when people become obese. It's not just, oh, I put on a little bit of weight because I really like potato chips. Um, It's the my day went bad, I'm going to eat pasta. My day was good. I'm going to share it with pasta. I'm getting married to pasta. (laughs) Like it's just this continuous cycle that it's very, it's a fine line between being emotionally attached to food in the way that you're talking about it. And then there's a whole other what i would consider a dysmorphic form of emotional connection to food to where it controls you does that make sense
0: yeah i no i definitely agree um and i actually have once googled because google knows all you know like do i have a problem do i binge eat do i do these things um, in an unhealthy way, do I have an unhealthy um, relationship with food? Because of how much it really means to me? I had to like I had to step outside myself and look and figure that out. And I came to the conclusion that I think that I have a healthy relationship with food because when I'm upset, food actually isn't the first thing that I go to. It's, you know, I don't really, I mean a whole other episode of, you know, coping mechanisms here, but I don't like food is not the thing that I go to.. Um, food makes me happy when I'm ready to be happy. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I, I've i heard a lot of people talk about what they would consider comfort foods. And it's so funny because, I guess not funny, but interesting to me that what a comfort food might be to you might be the last thing I want to even look at food-wise. For sure. In the same emotion. So like a general... I don't know. If, if someone says, oh, I like comfort foods, my mind goes to your all American mashed potatoes, gravy, hot roast, potato, you know, whatever. My comfort food is cheese. Okay. Any form of cheese I if I'm super stressed I can't eat a meal it just my body is like oh 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 oh, okay you want to put a sandwich up in this bitch hard no and I have to find something because I know I need to eat and it needs to sustain me but I I don't have an appetite necessarily however sharp white cheddar cheese um I will eat by the pound. <laughs> and it's it's one of those, as we're doing our budget, Kaylee and I, and we're talking about groceries and buying this and buying that, I, I was thinking, wow, we need to maybe scale down our, our beer pu- purchases and uh, maybe not buy so much beer. And she just looked at me and she said, well, what do you want, beer or cheese? Well, that's rude. That's not a fair. <laughs> I want them both. But uh, if I have to choose one or the other, Kaylee might think I would say beer, but hard no. If there is no cheese in the house, this is a problem.
0: Dang. I
1: have to have my cheese.
0: I didn't know that about you. And the more you know. <laughs> I I don't have, like, one thing that I always go to except ceviche, which is, like, I'm, t- I'm talking, like, if I'm hungover, the first thing I want to go do is head my happy ass down to Zona Blanca, and I will order a red beer and a bowl of ceviche. That's probably my comfort food.
1: See, a hungover food to me is melted cheese. Like, a quesadilla <laughs> is, like, my one. <laughs> I'm telling you, cheese is my, my jam.
0: I do like cheese, though. I do, except the stinky kind in Portugal. But besides that, I am all for cheese. Um, pretty much any kind, I think. Um, Jess's hangover food she asked me to make for her. <sighs> Listen, this, like, it's... <sighs> Have you heard of veggie pizza?
1: Um, It sounds terrible, but no, I
0: haven't. So you take crescent rolls, like the Pillsbury crescent rolls, and you take them all out of the package and then you make like a one big crust, like on a cookie sheet, you lay the crescent rolls all flat into one sheet. You bake them, you pull it out, you let it cool. You take cream cheese and mix it up with like a ranch packet. And then you cover the crescent crust with the cream cheese. And then you take chopped up broccoli, green onion, carrot. Yeah, 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bunch of vegetables um, and like it's fine. I mean, I love vegetables. I love veggie trays. So it's kind of like a play on a veggie tray, right? You're just like taking a veggie tray and putting it on some crescent rolls. It's not a bad thing. It's just it to me is one of the most boring things that I could possibly think to spend my time making and then trying to eat.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: You know, because people don't like to get in the kit like cooking is is a daunting task to a lot of people. They don't want to do it or they're not good at it or because they're not good at it, they don't want to do it and they don't have the time to become any better at it. You know, people making a, you know, warming up um, some soup is cooking to people. And so I think because I would rather get, if I'm going to the kitchen to cook, like I'm trying to cook. So making veggie pizza and then like watching just devour it is painful.
1: <laughs> See, my, my go-to, the more I think about it, My go-to hangover food is actually huevos rancheros.
0: Oh, Jess talks about the one that you made for us that uh, morning.
1: I was not impressed by the ones I made for you guys. I can make them so much better. I don't know what it is about us cooking for each other for the first time, but it just, I just, that was not my best moment. However- Performance anxiety. Holy Christ. Tell me about it. I love to make huevos rancheros, but- when I'm hung over, it's the fried tortilla. It's an over easy egg. It's green salsa and sour cream and a little Cholula. And that's it.
0: Mm, I love chalula. I love hot sauce of any kind.
1: I, I'm not one for spicy food. Now, now I know everyone's gasping. Oh my God, but you're Mexican. <laughs> that doesn't matter. But I, I used to be able to eat all the spicy things. My mom told me that when I was little, I would just have hot sauce on chips and that was my snack, which sounds very delicious, and every time I try it, I my mouth is burning with the fire of a thousand suns. Honestly, I think it's because of the hormone changes in my body when I had kids. Because the more children I had, the less I could tolerate
0: spice. That makes complete sense. Um, not to me, because that didn't happen with me personally. But my mom used to love crab, right? Got pregnant with me. And now she can only eat like, I'm talking like a, a bite just like a bite out of like a crab leg. And then that's enough. If she eats more than that, then she starts to feel nauseous. And that only happened after she had me.
1: Interesting. See my mom, the only thing that she cannot stand or couldn't stand when she was, I mean, pregnant was Michael Bolton. So even now, I will if if my mom is in the room, I will make it a point to play a Michael Bolton song and to watch <laughs> that woman cringe. It has nothing to do with food, but Jesus, it is the coolest thing because she goes, "Oh my God, I cannot stand his voice; it makes me want to vomit." Oh,
0: if, did that come with her being pregnant? What the fuck?
1: Yep. She said that when I and I don't actually pay attention to the whole story because I don't know what happened, but I remember she told me. When I was pregnant with you, I don't know if she heard it all the time or what it was, but it just she cannot stand Michael Bolton's voice.
0: When a man loves a woman, <laughs> the opposite happened to me. Well, at the end of my pregnancy, you know they say eat this, eat that, do this, do that to like get the, you know, to induce yourself essentially. Right. And so I started eating a lot of jal- jalapenos. At the time I was pregnant, um, I was working at Senior Froggies, a local, you know, like a uh, Mexican yeah. restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I think it was 18 at the time, had all of her super young. So I was working at Senior Froggies and the jalapenos were always available. so I started just shoving those in my- I'm sorry, the what? The jalapenos?
1: You said the jalapenos.
0: I did not. If I did, oh shit. Yeah,
1: this is recorded. You're about to be done heard.
0: Oh no! Edit that out. Edit it. Edit the beer. It's the beer. (laughs) It's the shock top talking. Anyways, I ate so many of them that even after I had Oliver, it was almost an addiction. Like I can just pop them like a potato chip.
1: Yeah. No. I as long as they're pickled. See. See. Now that's different. It changes the flavor, the chem. I mean, everything. I love your jalapeno poppers. (laughs) How I enunciated that. Kaylee actually was telling me we have a uh, birthday that we're going to, and I can talk about it because by the time this podcast episode comes out, it'll be over. Uh, Happy birthday, Sam. Surprise. Um, But she said, we need to think of something to take to the potluck for the birthday And I said, okay, well, you know, as I'm typing out, send me some ideas. And she goes, I would really like to make Maya's jalapeno poppers. I mean, I'm fine with that, but you get to do them because it's too much work.
0: They're they're a lot of work.
1: Unless you make like four or five trays of them, it's just, oh, it's so much
0: work. It's it's true, and all summer long I make. I mean, this summer alone, I probably have made like four hundred jalapeno poppers, and that's it's not really an exaggeration. I've made so many because every birthday party or um, barbecue or whatever, like that event we went to Slip and Flip, you know. Every time there's some kind of event, especially around the summertime, it's what's requested of me, and there's not a lot to them. You know what I mean? It's like one of the easiest things I make, but they're so time consuming.
1: They are. It's more, it's just lengthy. It's not difficult. Like you said, it's just time consuming, but Mm -hmm. I want to take something that is going to be fresh because I know everyone's going to bring the heavy, whatever that's going to fill you up. That's just dense. I want to bring like salsa, fresh pico or ceviche or something that Kind of is outside of the box that maybe not a lot of people would bring necessarily to a like dinner style potluck. But also, I want to, I always get bogged down with like, oh, look at this. Somebody brought baked potato something. Well, I'm going to have 74 pounds of that. And then I'm going to complain later when I can't move or poop for four days.
0: Potatoes are my favorite food. So I am all about the baked potatoes.
1: Kaylee does not like potatoes. What the fuck? She okay, she'll eat them. And her favorite way to make them is to dice them into like quarter inch squares and I am not exaggerating when I say that she dices them perfectly. She spends so much time, it's infuriating. <laughs> and then she'll fry them up in butter, so like crispy hash browns. But then at that point, I feel like I'm chewing on like I don't know marbles because they're just, I don't like crunchy food. I would, I would prefer them to be soft for my old teeth. That's the only way she'll eat potatoes. Every other time she's like, I would, I would rather not have potatoes, mashed potatoes, baked potato, whatever it is. And I said, well, what the hell? This is like one of my favorite foods. And she said, I had it so much when I was little. I just, it's not something that's good to me anymore. And I thought, I have anything like that? Hell yeah. I hate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I hate them. And beans. Oh, Lord. And scrambled eggs. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, I'm just going to keep going. What else? What else? But I just, those are foods that I had so much growing up because of, I don't know, maybe we were just poor, but we ate them so often that now I'm like, don't look at me with a peanut butter jelly sandwich. It's just not, no hard no
0: do you have any foods like that no there's literally no literally um blts are kind of funny for me like um not because I ate them a lot I just kind of have this like one almost traumatic experience with the blt when I was younger but I'll still eat one especially if there's some kind of like eh, I don't know thing to it right like I love mayonnaise love like I could right now go downstairs Uh... and get a spoonful and eat a spoonful of mayonnaise no no
1: oh my god oh I'm gonna throw up all over my laptop that's how much I, I love mayonnaise
0: no. no oh my god I got the chills my butt puckered so hard right now that's the reaction I get but that's what I'm telling you like I put a lot of mayonnaise on all of my no. all my stuff mm-hmm. no
1: mayonnaise is the one thing I cannot I and I don't like Miracle Whip
0: Ew. I just,
1: No, neither one. I don't like it. Put it away. It's best thrown out.
0: So I love mayonnaise. Miracle Whip, on the other hand, should have never been fucking invented. Like, I cannot stress that enough. I don't know why. Oh, my God. Ellen, Prophet, I know that you're going to be listening to this. When we came over to your house for cheeseburgers, I was so excited when I saw the mayonnaise. And I flipped the bottle around, and it was Miracle Whip. And I about took your fish back. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't do either one of those, and it's so disgusting to me to watch someone put a sandwich together and put a literally a half inch coat of mayonnaise or Miracle Whip on either side of the bread, and just uh, oh my god, I want to die.
0: Don't watch me make a sandwich.
1: I, I will not.
0: I, I refuse. Um, do you However, like, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you like artichokes? Uh, okay, like steamed. You know, like people steam them and they peel the leaves off and then eat the bottoms.
1: Oh, yeah. I No, I don't. I'll eat it. But it's not like, ooh, let's go buy some fucking artichokes.
0: Okay, see, like, I'm in that category. Let's go buy some fucking artichokes. And I grew up where we would dip them in um, butter and mayonnaise. So... I now can dip my artichokes in mayonnaise, and I will also occasionally dip my broccoli in mayonnaise. Okay, so here's the thing.
1: Uh, No, (laughs) never, (laughs) ever, ever. Fuck, no. You know, another thing that's super delicious to me that a lot of people are like, I'm sorry, you like that, is whole milk. I like whole milk. I will drink whole milk almost as enjoyably as I drink beer
0: okay i'm not into milk like that but um i do enjoy milk and i do like whole milk yeah i like it it's good
1: i've heard a lot of people say um it it tastes like your one is the taste two is the texture and the thickness of it Mm -hmm. and i'm like i give it give it to me however i'm also lactose intolerant (laughs) so it doesn't go well but I have found a lactose free milk that I think tastes way better than any regular milk and it is fucking delicious.
0: Mm, that's nice that you found something that you can replace it with, though, so you're not shitting yourself after you drink some milk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The only problem is, I've also tried to replace some of the ice cream. Haley and I used to have so much ice cream. It was like, it was our thing. Like, we'd go get a little. Ben and Jerry's little guy, like the tiny little ones, that slowly percolated into the bigger ones. And then that slowly percolated into, well, we might as well just get a uh, tub of whatever flavor because we're going to have it. And we were spending so much money on ice cream and it made me sick every single time. Oof. So I tried to replace it with like cashew milk uh, ice cream or coconut milk. I, that shit tastes horrible. Horrible horrible so I will have a like a gelato the ones that come in that plastic uh jar looking thing I will eat half of that and then I will regret it for the next four days
0: so ice cream is one of those things that I didn't start really like I didn't start liking until recently not that I disliked it it's just my sweet tooth is that's the only thing is that um, I never craved sweets um, until the last like maybe year I liked sweets I you know love chocolate cake and things like that it's just one of those things that I would rather put down a bag of salt and vinegar chips than a bag of gummy worms you know
1: yeah see I I love sugar sugar now I went through a phase where alcohol was just it, it pretty much controlled my life and so I ended up in a very bad place and decided to turn my life around. And with that, without alcohol, I started replacing it with sugar. Mm -hmm, And I, you would think that I would be 700 pounds. If you saw how much sugar I consumed in one day, and then you looked at me, you would be like, what in the fuck is happening right now? Because I was so Underweight. It was unreal, but my body was trying to overcompensate for the lack of carbs from the beer, and it was working overtime. And then I was feeding it sugar. It was my oh my god! My metabolism was horrendous.
0: Uh, sugar. It's a very common for people to replace um, uh, alcohol with uh, sugar. Alcohol with sugar. It's very common. Yep. Yep. That's the one. Um, sugar without. Oh, yeah, you were right. Yep. <laughs> Very common. A lot of sober people eat lots of sugar.
1: Yeah, but I also have always loved candy. I mean, I, I have a huge sweet tooth. I love anything sugary. But I've noticed that the older I get, the less my body is like, okay, Linda, here's the thing. So you can eat seven pieces of cake, but you know how we were lenient when you were younger and we're like, all right, we'll only log the one. We're going to log 14 this time. (laughs) So just my body ballooned and it went nuts. So I went from looking like I was on every street drug to looking like I may have burglarized a bakery and it was it was awful. It was awful. And my poor body was like, "What the fuck is happening?" But even now if I start to eat more and more sugar, I have to like settle down for a minute and go, "Okay, what are my stressors?" If Kaylee sees like, "Oh, you bought more candy or you bought this or you bought that. Are you okay?" That's a huge red flag for me.
0: I don't think I have any of that, but you, you know, while we're winding down here um I feel like I'm gonna get a lot of judgment with the next thing I'm about to say um one of my favorite things to eat which I only probably eat maybe once twice maybe a year are you ready for this oh boy pickled pig's feet
1: oh my god no
0: (laughs) Get out of my house. So with that said, if you are judging me, you've never had them. I'm talking not just to Brenda, but anybody listening. Go to the store, buy yourself a jar of pickled pig's feet, and you fucking try them before you judge me, because they are one of my favorite foods to eat since I was three years old, mind you folks.
1: I'm going to, I, no, I'm sorry, but I am not going to eat any feet. I don't care if they're pickled or otherwise fuck that
0: so good so good when i was 3 years old my mom she told me a story she goes i came home one day and you were sitting in front of the tv with your dad and you had something in front of you that you were eating. And as I got closer to you, I realized you had finished almost a whole jar of pickled pig's feet. And you're de- my dad's from the South, by the way. So I don't know if this is more common down there. I think that might be a thing. He was so like proud of his baby girl eating these pickled pig's feet. My mom, disgusted by the way. Um, so since I was three years old, pickled pig's feet have been like my main jam. It's just, I don't eat them very often because they're not one of those things that you just like want to eat all the time, but they're one of my favorite things to eat.
1: Interesting. Yeah. See like a pickled pig's feet are pretty common in Hispanic culture with food anyway, but, and so is pickled cow's tongue. And if Langua, ever, right? seen, yeah, if you, well, no, 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 no. That's different. So I mean, lengua is the Spanish word for tongue, but lengua, when you're ordering something with that, it's actually cooked. Right. So it's like chopped up like steak bits. Oh my God. I'm going to throw up. But this is like the whole cow tongue in like slices, like French fries and pickled. And my butt is puckering again. Oh, because I've had these. It looks like, yeah, it looks like it might be good. And then you realize what it is. And I, the texture is disgusting. However, when it comes to Hispanic culture and Hispanic food, my absolute, when someone's like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever had? Pickled cactus. It's called, it's called nopales and it is fucking delicious. It's pickled cactus and they almost look like string green bean, whatever the hell you call those. Um, and then it's got pico and queso fresco. And it is, oh my God, I my aunt makes the best nopalitos. They're so good. I will sit and I won't even sit. I will just stand by the bowl because she, when, she, when we cook as Mexicans, we either cook for one person or we cook for a nation. There is no in between. And so there's always this gigantic bowl and I have to pretend like I didn't just have my sixth helping, but they are so delicious. I'll have to make them for you sometime.
0: Yes. I would love that more than anything. I love trying food that I've never tried before. Um, so please let's put that in the books.
1: Let's uh, let's schedule dinner soon. I'm sure everybody's hungry at this point. So we might want to let them. Eat.
0: Yes, 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 yes. All right. This has been great. I'm now hungry. And now everybody knows that I have cried watching Samin Nosrat eat bread.
1: And that you put pig's feet in your mouth.
0: Oh, yeah, that too.
1: Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at top, the number two, bottom underscore podcast and Twitter at top, the number two again, bottom underscore pod.